Good day, good evening, and good morning wherever you may be. And this is the Biz Analyst Moment with Adam Hessler from Being a Biz Analyst. And welcome. Now let's dive into those moments. So in this episode, I wanted to give you a few more examples on our comparison of functional versus non-functional requirements. As we were exploring last week, I meant to release this on Sunday, but didn't quite get around to it. So I just wanted to take a very, very, very simple example of a door. And the reason I'm taking this really simple example is because everybody can imagine what a door looks like and how they understand how it functions and the different, what would you call them, features of a door and the ways that you can create a door. So I'm looking at my door right now. And if I'm thinking about the functional requirements, one is that it needs to be able to swing open rather than slide. Another functional requirement, it needs to be able to lock. And lastly, the functional requirement of it needs to have a good seal to the actual floor. So these are what I would call the functional requirements. Now, how it actually opens and closes in a swinging fashion is, in fact, even the idea of a swinging fashion is a non-functional requirement because it's getting down to the specifics of the quality, sort of how does it actually work? How are we going to make it really great? But let's just assume for a moment that the swinging fashion fashion of opening the door is a functional requirement because it really is more functional than anything. Now, a non-functional requirement might be such things as, okay, we're going to have it swing open based on being having three different brackets or um, hinges on the door frame that stabilize the door and allow it to open. Another non-functional requirement might be that the hinges allow for opening on up to an angle of, let's say, 90 degrees. So the door can go from parallel with the wall all the way to parallel with the other wall. Now, you might have other doors which actually swing 180 degrees. I've seen these before. It's quite impressive, actually. So the hinge has to be designed a little differently and it has to be incorporated into the frame of the door a lot different than um, a door that only swings open maybe 80 to 95 degrees, 100 degrees, something like that. Another feature that we might be thinking about um, was the lock. So we said that the door needed to lock, but we didn't say how it needed to lock. So in my case, I have what's called a deadbolt, which you're probably quite familiar with. You just rotate the deadbolt lock to in one direction, 
and then the deadbolt comes out of the door and slides into a hole in the frame of the door. But this is not the only option for locking. So another option might be just um, the classic chain lock where you have a chain that's attached to the door and the frame and you just hook it in. Another option might be something like an actual fingerprint scanner type lock. You know, if we go back to something like what they were showing in Back to the Future Part 2 when they go into the future and they have this idea of a fingerprint lock probably actually out there now because we do have fingerprint scanning capabilities on LCD screens now. And the last thing is the actual handle. So, or sorry, two last things. So another thing is the handle of the door or how are we actually going to make the door open? So if you go back to the Back to the Future example, the door actually opened just simply either by a fingerprint or sometimes the door would just open based on facial recognition or something like that. In my case, I just have a very simple handle. Now even that has non-functional requirements to it. So my handle is actually um, more of a long blade rather than a round knob. These again are functional requirements in that they're more stylish type. Um, what would you even call them, the specifications to how the handle looks. Lastly, we were talking about the strip, or sorry, the, the seal with the floor bottom. So if you don't have a good seal with the floor bottom, then you're actually going to be allowed, allowing a whole lot of air in. Heck, you may even be allowing rodents inside the house. So we need to have some sort of sealing between the floor and the door bottom. So in my case, we actually have a, it looks like a white attachment that's been added to the door. But in other cases, you might actually have something inside the door that lowers itself once the door's been closed. So again, another non-functional requirement. And all of these non-functional requirements, this is really where you get into cost. You know, how much money do you really want to spend on these non-functional requirements? Of course, we can cover all the functional requirements, but just like in building a house, they always have what they call, geez, I can't remember what it's called now, um, but they have like the most basic, basic, basic version, which is like the builder's, <laughs> the builder's go-to. And then they have several other options and you can go out to stores when you're building your own home and decide on, you know, even going as high as like, you know, the, the master pure gold door handle. So this I hope will help you better understand that idea of the difference between functional, which are really, what are the requirements that are required, or what are the features that are required to make sure that the door functions in the way that we need it to function, or its behavior, 
and the non-functional requirements, which are the things that allow it to be designed in a certain way that we really like or to have a certain quality uh, about it. So that's everything on examples of functional versus non-functional requirements. We'll be getting back on schedule on Wednesday with our next podcast. Thanks for listening and have an amazing day. Thank you for joining me, Adam Hessler, from Being a Biz Analyst for another Biz Analyst Moment. I hope you enjoyed today's moment. I know I did. These are the moments of our careers.